Blog Talk Radio. Yo, Brian, can you hear me? No. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. So it's it's live right now? Yeah. But, um, yeah, at 4.30. I mean, at 5 o'clock. We have an hour 58 right now. Yeah, so I, I could see I could see that. All I can see is the like the call thing on the right on the left, which is me calling into you, and then it says how much time we have. Yeah, so obviously there's never easy technical difficulties. So it started the live show and it said that I was disconnected from the host. I had to call back in. But in order to call back in, I had to make it live. So usually what would happen is on the right side it says um start episode. So like you have the air it says airtime, but it's not on air yet. Yeah. So then I click start the live show and then it's on air and then it gives us whatever time's left of our speed. But it started now, so technically we're on air now. But um, I don't really care. I'll edit this stuff out. So we do have a lot of time. So we can go yeah. Here. See, the only problem with this shit is that everything. What'd you say? I said the only problem with this stuff is that you go in and out. Yeah, to say you just went in and out. I couldn't hear a word you said. Yeah. So. I'm going to move downstairs because fucking house sucks with internet. Yeah, so I'm assuming after I end the show, I could download the episode, assuming. Um, I mean, we pay, we pay for this stuff, so I assume that they let us um, I had a really cool idea that I think Rob could help us out with. Can you hear me? Brendan. Brendan? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. <laughs> it, I guess you probably lost... Um... Well, I moved downstairs, so I connected yeah. to, like... No, you're like, you know, do you see, like, a little Wi-Fi symbol? You can't hear me, right? On, on yours? Where, do I, where am I looking for the Wi-Fi symbol? Like under the call log. See, I have no internet in my fucking house. Yeah, I don't see anything that says Wi-Fi. 
Why is your thing low? Yeah. What? Yeah. So it has nothing to do with it. Internet, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi in this house doesn't work either. Because I can't connect to anything. Um, I'm going to have to sit here and do it. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Just sometimes they like, I, like, I couldn't hear like 10 seconds. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We get the kinks out now before we're really big. Like, like, um, what's it called? Like spin check on everything. And then go there. Um, I, You disconnected or oh you just connected. Do you think it's easier if you hmm. I can't I can't use like LTE. Mm-hmm. So I have to use the fucking Wi Fi, but of course the Wi Fi only works on my phone? main floor, so if somebody comes home you're Wait, gonna hear them. You have an iPhone you have an iPhone, right? Yeah. Alright, you could for free turn on your own hotspot. No, but I can't like use the LTE. I'm out of data. Uh hmm. I might, I might just call in from my phone. Maybe that'll work. That's what I was going to say. Try doing that. We do have 23 minutes to talk before it starts. Yeah. So. Right. I'm, I'm going to call in on my phone because even if I call, right. it's not using data. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'll hang up on you. Quick. All right. Welcome to the wind-up. You? You? Uh, can you hear me? Let's hope this works better. I can hear you. Can yeah. you hear me? All right. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds clear, actually, too, not going to lie. Um, so, so I had a great, Yeah. I had a great idea for not next week, but... Uh, wait, is next week our last one home? Um, next week I'm not here. No, no, I'm saying it was next week. Yeah, next after week next week. week. Well, no, we're going to have, well, we have one more technically we could do. Like next, next week I'm not here. And then mm-hmm. we have. And I'll do, I'll do a live show by myself. I'll figure out stuff to talk about. So I'm, I'm gone the 12th to the 19th. Okay. No, what I was thinking okay. was, is, is, um. Rob's still with the Mets. Rob can get free yeah. tickets to any game he wants. What if um, we gave away free tickets? Gave away two free tickets to the game if you call us in and stump us with a baseball question. Something stupid like that. Maybe we get more listeners. Just for I mean, if he's giving I mean, away are tickets. Are we allowed to do that? What do you mean? We'll have to do what? I mean, we have Rob to has to give us the tickets first. Get the tickets. 
I'd go pick him up, and then whoever does it, whatever, if Rob's working, tell him to leave him at World Call. But, I mean, our site, we could use our own money, we could say, and we paid for them just to get more people. Makes us seem more professional that we have the, the uh, availability of tickets, which gives us more power. We're giving it away, and we're getting trying to get people to call in, which gives us more views. I guarantee if I we tweeted out Met fans this week, Call in and try to stump Brendan or Stephen. If you do, if you're the first one to do so, we will give you two free Met tickets to blank and blank to the games on this day. I mean, I might, I mean, it, Rob called me the other day trying, he could not get rid of three tickets. He needs to get rid of tickets and he couldn't. I didn't even think about it. I don't know. I mean, we can't get free Yankee tickets, but we can't get free Met tickets for right now. And then maybe that gets a bit of a listen that don't listen. And, uh, Bronx yeah, Bombers News. Why, why not? Bronx News said he is calling in. He's going to call, not call in. Next week he'll call in. I guess maybe he'll help me out a little bit. He's going to listen to you, he just won't hop, hop on, but I think he might tweet us out. Um, let's see if he'll tweet us out. Will you right. tweet us out? I was, um, I was thinking that for, like, at next week I'm not here, but the week after we might as well do Saturday. That way we're together at school. We don't have, like, the internet problems. We can go on as one, Fuck, and then we can do like call, a Saturday and then a Spectrum. Monday, quick. Yeah, you do. Oh, you got to figure that out. He said he's going to tweet us out. That's right. At tweeting, wow. At tweeting? He just needs a message that, or should he just retweet our message? Our Twitter, or is it something brand new? Uh, he might as well just retweet what we tweeted out. All right. Go to – I think he's driving, but – so I'll definitely mention him. Um, you um, all right. Go to, to Wind Up Pod on Twitter. Retweet our last tweet. The number's on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And say – say – Guys, listen, check out the wind-up. Check out my friends at... Live shows today starting at 5. Phone lines. I'm starting at 5 on Blog Talk Radio. Talk. There's no link you get to on like your phone to listen to it, right? It's gotta be on the computer. Or is there any Um I, I honestly don't know. I'm gonna assume there's an app. Yeah. I'll look at the uh, app. Live show right today now. Start, yeah, starting at five. If you send me the link on your phone, then I can put it into the tweet. Um starting at five on Blog Talk Radio. The phone lines Open I don't at see. five. I don't see a link. Okay, because I have the links on the computer to listen. Um, the phone lines listen. open at five thirty, Eastern time. Yeah, I don't have the link. I have All the right. link to become the show host or whatever you emailed me. Well, the thing that's in group me. Did you click on it at all? In the group me? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. I, I'm going to see. 
I'm gonna see if that works. Hold on. I mean, yeah, it is. It says on air. You can click play, so that works. Can you hear us right now? Well, I'm, if I'm on the phone looking you. at it. Let's see. It says loading. Like, I can't. Oh, you're on your phone. I forgot. Hold on, I could do it. Let me see. Yeah. It's loading. What's up? It says loading. Wow, it's it's a, like a few seconds delayed. Oh, that's what he. Okay, so Randy had said to me, "It does work." Hold on, that's awesome. Um, Randy said to me, "It's delayed, so it makes it hard." But I never really quite under, understood what he was saying. Um, if you're listening live on the app and you call in, you're gonna hear yourself talking, but it seems like on a 10, 20 second delay. So if you call in, you probably shouldn't have it up. Um, hold on. Or you mute it. Same way like yeah, you call exactly. into a radio show. You gotta lower exactly. the volume or else you're gonna be confusing yeah. yourself. Alright, I got the uh the whole intro typed out, ready to go. Alright. I I used the uh template that you sent last week. Last time? Yeah. Um, I got another guy calling in, but obviously, eventually, I didn't want to have to tell people to call in just because. Well, yeah, hopefully we don't. <laughs> Is there any shot we can call Spectrum and have them set up shit, like the Wi-Fi at least now, or like the Thursday before we get there? Mm-hmm. And just well, I'll, I'll make sure. If you can open the door. Yeah, and set because it up. They're, oh, we... they're gonna need to get in. I saw no. This is gonna listen. Hopefully, she doesn't call. <laughs> no, she's not gonna call. She's not gonna call. I'm gonna send this link out though to everybody that they can listen. Hopefully, no one hops on that. I, mean, I, I can play music right now. No, I think this is just cool in general. Like, it does if once we if we get actual baseball players on it, no, that would be dope. And then if we uh, when we're together and you know we're not breaking up on each other and shit. Yeah, I could use my mic. Um, or we don't even we might not even need a mic if we're together. I don't really know. How, you might need a mic, but I have a headphone jack and a USB, so I'm gonna figure it out. <clears throat> I want to play low music that way. Like people do, co- like start listening. It's not so. Oh, but so usually happens is when I click start live episode, it's gonna automatically start our opening music. It's like it'll uh, it'll automatically works. do this. So hold on, let's see how loud it starts. So I can make it really low. So I could, I could fade it out like this, and then you could start. Once you start talking, I'll start fading it out. Yeah. It's hard. Though. I gotta move it each. Like, oh, let me try it one more time. Let me try to get it. Nail it. Hold on. 
So I'll play it exactly 5 o'clock, and then I'll let it go for like... Oh, he just tweeted it out. Did he really? Yeah. That's so high. So if you want to start talking, like right after this, like... As you're talking, I'll lower it and then I'll turn it off. All right. So at exactly five o'clock, I'll play that. He really tweeted that out. That is sick. Hopefully it works. If we had Facebook, I can't even imagine. Yeah, let's see. When I put it in the D1 chat, I think it's going to come. You said you put it in the D1 chat? Yeah. Oh, you're not in that, right? No, I just, you're breaking up. (laughs) Oh, because I'm sorry. My mic, no, 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 no. It's because my mic's over here and my headset mic is off. So I keep going to my phone. It's plugged into the wall. So you can't hear me now, right? But you can can hear hear me now. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he posted that. That's awesome. That's sick. I'm putting in all those chats that I joined, the, the Yankee ones. They're probably gonna hate. I'm probably gonna get booted because all I do is I just keep posting. Oh no. For what? In all those groups. Oh, Alyssa's is listening now. She can hear us. Shout out to Alyssa. Hey, Alyssa. Uh, let's see if there's music I can find to play. Uh, Alright, so let's look, look at the sheet. Alright. <clears throat> I don't know what happened with the fuck, with um, Gleber Torres. But I must have been half asleep when I typed that. They just said that, um, what's his name, walked into the clubhouse. Yeah, I was, well, was going to say that's what I was going to use the Bronx Farmers News for. I said, courtesy of our friend at Bronx Farmers News, um, I was going to read off his last his last two tweets. Uh, that sounds um, good. I was going to say, I was saying, according to Bronx Farmers News, you know, Thera Stratus was spotted in the clubhouse, but no moves have been announced. And also that, um, some updates for tonight. Gleyber Torres is still listed in the lineup card, but not in tonight's starting lineup. And that Sanchez will begin his rehab tonight with Squared and Roseberry. He'll bat second in catch. That's what I was going to do for him. All right. All right, so we got we got 10 minutes. Um, so with the slotting gubs and everything, dude, I can't – I don't like – I can't stand them. It doesn't fit their hand right. It gives them an extra four or five – I don't know, three, probably two to three inches – so when they extend to second base on a steal or whatever it is, they're going to be safe more often than not. It's not where the actual hand is. Really pissing me off. Oh, what's my fun fact? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, that's your fault. Oh, yeah, I see it. Sliding gloves. Uh, my fun fact is... Um, see, now you're breaking up. All right, but now. Now you're clear. Can you hear? All right, so if anything happens where I break up, I'll just... I can obviously, if I don't hear you, maybe you can't hear me at the same time and I'll know. But if not, 
if I do break up for whatever reason and I don't hear you respond, I'll just keep talking and then we'll figure it All out. Right. Nothing it's never it's never gonna be perfect. Like it's just it's just reality. Now, the only way it's gonna be perfect is when we're in the same room together. Yeah. That's really it. All right, nine minutes. Um everything else looks good. Now my fun fact's gonna be what's the play about Mike Talkman? Mike Talkman has a higher vertical than Michael Jordan. <laughs> Best Mike T in baseball, baby. It is really insane. Hold on, let me just grab my water bottle. Hold on. My throat has been so shot. <clears throat> Jeez. Yeah, I'm flavored. What the hell does that say? Yeah, I, Glauber, I don't know. Torres four. It's supposed to be Glaber Torres core. <laughs> I must have been half asleep. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Did you write that back for Neil? What? I have another fun fact for us. It's that um, Alyssa is our number one fan. She's already on eight. Is she texting you right now? <laughs> yeah. Let her call in. She, she's, she's not, she should call in. Alyssa, if you're listening to this, call in. At 5.30 with a baseball question. Who's the cutest Yankee? <laughs> Stop. She knows baseball, actually. She loves to share. I'll give her twenty bucks if she calls in and spells his name correctly without googling it right now. It is a hard name to spell. That's I can't spell it. It's T E I X E I R A. I, I feel like there's a hidden eye somewhere. Did you look it up? No, I didn't look it up. I know it's T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A. Look it up. Am I wrong? I could be wrong, but I could have sworn it was T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A. Yeah. Am I right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't hit like Odie spelling me, champ, third grade. You know, what I, you know how I got eliminated in third grade on my spelling you test? You know what word I spelled wrong? B. Squirrel. Squirrel. My, my I know there's Alex. two R's. It's S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. My brother spelled potatoes wrong. Or potato wrong. Oh. I can never spell. Thank God for spell check. She wants to know what she can call in and ask. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. If this was a a hockey podcast, mm-hmm. we could talk about how every NHL celebrity I've met I've had a bad experience with so far. And that would be hysterical if you listen to the stories that I have from meeting people. 
Yeah, it's cool. Well, no, you'll definitely be on but, our podcast. I promise. But I've never met a baseball player, probably because they don't like me. No, we'll definitely meet people. Zach Greinke got popped in his first start, but they still won. Really? They gave up five runs. Oh, my dad's listening right now. (gasps) Doesn't start till five o'clock, sir. (laughs) How many people do you think are listening right now going, what is this garbage? I hope none. Uh, we got four minutes. If, it's, if they are, then so be it. So the Mets are one game back right now. Mhm. You hear what I said? Wow. I got the no, no, I, I'm talking to you through here. No, because I, I sent it out, and I realized that I started it. I got disconnected, so I had to click start show for it to be live. Mm. Hold on one second. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then bon- uh, get regular spares. An appetizer. Let me get a chicken with broccoli. And Brendan wants chicken with broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. One game back. That is absurd. Absurd. I mean, that's right, only so the National League, though. The, like, the Red Sox have a better record than them, and they're six games. I don't, it doesn't matter, though. They were 11 games under 500 to F at the All-Star break. They are now three over. I'm, just, I'm saying the National League is just absolute buns. Yeah, well, bad. I don't know. Do you think the just play the Marlins if they play each other? I'm thinking about the bad teams in each league. We obviously know the AL is better good teams, but. Well, I think the AL has the worst bad teams. But, but really? More I think the Marlins are garbage. Yeah, but then you have, like, the AL has the Mariners right now, the Tigers, the Royals, the White Sox, the um, Orioles, and the Blue Jays. Like, all those teams have to play the Twins, the Indians, Oakland, <laughs> Houston, Yankees, Tampa. Like, so there's so many good teams that they just beat up on the lower teams. Well, I think if I think if you're a bad team, the worst division to be in is the AL East. That's the literally the worst division you possibly could be in. You're going to get stomped. All right, Brennan, one minute, yeah. and I'll click the music, and then you start talking, and I'll lower it, and let's get this thing going. All right. Try not to move around as much either. You can't. Okay, sir. 
I'll give it like 10 seconds after you play the music. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Welcome, everyone, as Back Sports Page Live presents The Windup. I am Brendan Azoff. With me, as always, is Stefan Rosner. And today we are live on the air for the first time in the young lifespan of The Windup podcast. It's a great day to have a day, eh, Stefan? So, for all the listeners out there, our call in number is 760 283 8046. And it can also be found on our Twitter at The Windup Pod. So, how are you doing today, Stefan? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm coming off being sick, but I feel much better. Let's get it going. Nothing like a live show to get the health back in, uh, in tip-top yeah, exactly. shape, exactly. Huh? No, Yeah, so um, quick start off, you know, Yankees and Mets have both been on a tear as of late. And um, a few things for Yankee fans that are looking at the lineup card tonight and looking at the roster right now. Our friends at Bonks Farmer News tweeted out recently that their strata is not in the clubhouse, but who's announced that Sanchez um, be in the lineup for Scranton and Wilkesbury tonight. So that's great news for Yankee fans. So yeah, hopefully Estrada, you know, Valera's been getting a lot of uh, playing time and maybe Estrada, you know, can contribute tonight with Torres having an injury and other people having injuries. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you can never count out who they call up because it seems that everybody that has uh, been given the opportunity has produced. So, I mean, you look at the bottom third of the Yankee lineups the last you know, five, six games, even throughout this seven-game win streak, and you, you're not blown away by any of the names. It doesn't look like they would instill fear into any pitching staff, yet here they are putting up a ridiculous amount of runs, teeing off on all pitching staffs, especially the Orioles, and they just continue to roll and improve to 35 games over. All right, I got my fun facts for you. Ready, Brennan? Here we go. <clears throat> Mike Talkman, the Sockman, has a higher vertical than Michael Jordan. If no one saw his catch yesterday, my God, I have never seen a catch, a home run robbery like that. It was probably going to land in the second or third row, and it was definitely landing in a fan's hand, and he just took that right away. He uh, robbed um, catcher Severino in the fourth, but, Brennan, that was that was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that would have easily gone into the second row, and I think what makes the home run robbery even more amazing, you know, disregarding how brilliant the catch was, is the fact that in slow-mo, when you watch it, you could see the fan's reaction because he thinks he has a surefire ball. And he has his two hands cupped together. You can see the smile on his face. And then all of a sudden, Talkman leaps up out of nowhere, grabs it, comes down with it. And the fan just, the smile turns into a frown, and you can see the disappointment. But it was a Yankee fan. So, I mean, I'm sure once the initial disappointment and not getting the ball hit him, he was like, wow, what a catch that was. And then Talkman's reaction afterwards just got – I was on my couch and I was pumped up. I, I mean, that's what I want Judge to do. I talked about last week, you know, Judge got to take advantage of the moments when he makes a big player. I mean, he doesn't do that. Talkman had Talkman screaming. You could see he's high-fiving Gardner. That was awesome to see. Mike Talkman right now in the season, he's betting 299 with 10 homers, 36 RBIs. He's a 2.7 war in just 60 games. And for comparison, Peter Alonso has a 3.9 war. But he has been – like most Yankees that get called up, have made huge impacts. And 
I mean, he's going against Garner for playing time when Hicks comes back. Maybe he's produced. No one saw this coming at all. They come from Colorado for nothing. Most guys the Yankees got. And since his recent call-up, he has he has been a hell of a player for this team. Yeah, he's run with it almost in the same way that Andujar did last year and that Urshela did this year, where he's made Clint Frazier uh, like a non-factor for the Yankees this year. Everybody thought that once Stanton went down the second time and now Hicks has been down, uh, like Frazier would be the obvious guy to get called up. And why would they do anything different than what they have done right now? Because Mike Talkman's going off. And I think that his emotion comes from his football background. And I'm telling you, man, if I was on the Yankees, I'd run through a brick wall for that guy. He just gets you fired up every time he hits a double, home run, even a single. You can see the, the like emotion that comes out of him when he reaches base and when he makes a good defensive play. And that's good for a team that prides themselves on being humble and you know saying the right things. It's good to have a little bit of fire, especially when October comes around. He, um, yesterday, he had a base hit, and he stretched it into a double, and his celebration at second base where it's doing – and squats, looking at the Yankees yeah. uh, Yankees dugout laughing. I thought that was great. Um, but this just in, according to Bronx Barber News, Gleber Torres is not going on the IL. Estrada was brought up for the taxi squad, but will be going back to the Rail Riders. So maybe they assumed that, depending on what happened with Torres, that he might go to the IL and they could call up Estrada, but that will not be the case because all the tests came back negative. That's so that's news. good. Yeah, I mean, I mean a... that's that's one of the few players you can't lose if you're the Yankees. Even if, you know, he's out a couple of days, you let him rest, heal up, but he's too valuable uh, on the field, in the lineup. I mean, he's only in his second year, and you can see he's almost irreplaceable. I mean, I was at the game on Sunday against the Red Sox, and um, this was the inning that G. Urshela fouled two balls off his leg, and I, I, thought, I thought this guy's done for the year. He definitely just broke his leg. The, the pain that he showed on the ground, I was like, this is really not good. But then he stayed in the game, and everyone was cheering. Everyone was like starting the Geo chance. In my head, I have no idea how you could stay in the game. You're in that much pain. You're already winning. You might as well replace him. So the inning comes to an end. Gio gets his glove, and Torres does not come on the field. And in my head, I'm going, all right, I get they have a lead. Maybe they're giving Torres the night off, but why wouldn't you just give Gio Rochelle the rest of the night off? Obviously, it turned out that Torres had some pain. But, um, yeah, it's good for him to stay stay healthy. This team is definitely going to need him down the stretch. Regardless of having LeMayu or Shella, you'd rather have an overcrowded infield than be missing a guy like um, Torres. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, we always talk about, you know, when we're together about my bad luck and how every time something good looks like it's going to happen, my luck changes. But for Gio or Shella, that was one of the – worst displays of bad luck I think I've ever seen and that first one looked like it hurt him right on the kneecap and then he gets right back in there and another sinker inside and he fouls it right off his shin which probably hurts even more and you could just see when he was gimping to first base that he had he didn't know which leg to lean on both of them were probably sore as hell but you know talking about that series versus the Orioles we can't go without mentioning the cycle that Jonathan VR had and you know and what has been a rather disappointing year again for the Orioles that's going to be one of the few bright spots that they'll be able to remember and take with them going into the off season. So congrats to Jonathan VR and doing what's very, very hard to do. And that was very underappreciated in baseball. I mean, his last hit was the single, the easiest one, but watching the hit, 
He could definitely have gone to second. He slowed down because there's no reason for the Orioles to get into scoring position. Their season's done. It doesn't matter. So good for him to stop at first. Look, like he, he tweaked something too as he rounded first, but I don't know if that was for attention, whatever it was. It is good to see though. Um, but yeah, yeah the I mean, Red Sox I just, just swept. I think that VR, there's no point for him to uh, to stretch that into a double. You know, he might as well get the cycle. I was, I'm sure his teammates didn't mind it. And, you know, I mean, good for him to get his name in the record books. Yeah, so the Yankees sweep the Red Sox. Tonight they're going for the sweep of the Orioles. And, um, yeah, the Yankees, I think, like playing at Camden Yards. They have 36 home runs in nine games. That's a record. That's already a record for most home runs at a ballpark in a year. And what the Yankees failed to do last year, which really hurt them, is beat up on bad teams. They didn't win the division last year because the Red Sox did that. Yankees didn't. Well, this year it's a different story, and the Yankees have killed the Orioles. They've killed bad teams, and again, they just—I feel like every hit in this series is for extra base hits or home runs. Yeah, I mean, they really have taken it to the Orioles this year, and they always said that Camden Yards is the house that Jeter built, and it looks like this Yankees team is kind of staying to that mantra. And uh, I mean, it's basically their home away from home. They feel very comfortable playing there. It's not the same distance as Yankee Stadium is, but you have that shorter right field with the tall wall that lefties can pick apart, and the ball flies out of there, so even the right-handed batters are getting on the fun. I mean, you got DJ LeMayu hitting 430-foot bombs. Austin Romine looks like uh, Gary Sanchez power in his bat, so it's fun to watch, and whenever they go there, you know that there's going to be offense, and uh, it's a great time to bet the over if you're into that type of thing, and it's, it's very enjoyable to watch. How about Didi's home run? That was, that was a bomb. bomb onto Utah Street or Utah, whatever it is over there. But my God, he he torched that thing. That was that was that yeah. was a very beautiful swing. And Didi's a guy that looks like the other, the other day he fouled I don't know five or six pitches foul before getting out. But his swing looks great for that ballpark, and hopefully that translates over for the next half at Yankee Stadium, and he'll be a ton of long balls there. Yeah, you think that ball would have made it out of the short porch? Yeah. Yeah, I think it might. Just, just That's like a first or second row, though. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 316, maybe, right? Well, a first and, and second row. So Sorry, I didn't clarify. First or second row in the upper deck. That's what I meant. Okay. That's yeah. gone. But, um, I mean, we, do, we talk about how comfortable they are at Camden Yards. And, I mean, when you look at their home and road splits, they're 43-18 and 18 at home, and they're 31-21 and 21 on the road. And, I mean, when you look at the Houston Astros, we know how important it's going to be for those two teams to battle out and finish with the best record in the American League. And if the Yankees are able to maintain – right now they have the best record in baseball percentage-wise. Um, they have the third most wins, but they do have the fewest losses, and they played – I think it's three less games in the Dodgers and two less games in the Astros. So right now they're in first overall in baseball, and they got to keep that. And this is where the injuries become an even bigger part of what they're looking to do this year because it's one thing to maintain this huge lead that they have in the AL East, but it's another thing to maintain the number one overall spot in baseball, which will be huge if they want to win the World Series this year. Yeah, I mean, we go through the injuries right now. Edwin Encarnacion hopes to be back within three weeks. We'll see what happens with his wrist. You have Hicks' elbow, who, an elbow injury, they said no Tommy John, but he'll be reevaluated next week. You hope, for his sake, that 
he's back and healthy. But if he's not, I mean, it's not completely the end of the world if players that have been stepping up continue to do so. Gardner moves to center, and Talkman gets to play party with the sports area. We don't know if he's going to need surgery or not. He might. And I, I mean, it's taken a too, I feel like it's taken too long for them to decide on what he should do. I feel like that's the same thing with Anduhar, whereas, oh, let's see if he can kind of come back, and then you lose him for the year. So if Boyd's good to go and he could play, then he better play. But if he comes back now, and then you decide he needs surgery, and that's another six to eight weeks that he's out, I mean, you're ending that's, – that's a season ender come playoff time, maybe the – I mean, it's not good. You want him to be back, but if he's not going to be healthy, other guys will step up. Mike Ford, you know, with two first basemen gone, Mike Ford's been playing a lot. And he's been great, too. No one that they've called up has struggled. Mike Ford has reached safely in 15 of his 15 MLB games. So he's finding ways to make contact and get on base. He wants to home run the other night. But he's been great, and he's been great at first base. We had a little bobble, a little bobble yesterday. But he got the out, so that's all that really matters. Exactly. And I think that first base is one of those positions that the Yankees should err on the more cautious side. I mean, ignoring the fact that you had that whole entire uh, debacle with Greg Bird, and he's probably never going to play in pinstripes again. But Edwin is a fractured wrist, so that heals. I mean, he's not going to be like a mystery of his timetable. It's three to five weeks, and then he's got to, you know, get used to catching, moving it around a little bit. But he'll be back before the end of the season. And I think that once. Glaber Torres, he has a couple of days off. He gets back in the field. Then you have Urshela, Didi, Torres, and you could rotate LeMahieu and Void at first base. And so I think that that's uh, LeMahieu and Ford, I should say. Um, so that's fine right now. And then when it when you look at Hicks in the outfield, Stanton eventually, we hope, will come back. But right now, you don't really need him to come back because you got Judge and Wright. Gardner will take over in center. You have Talkman and Maven. And if if Talkman and Maven start to come back down to earth, well, you got this guy Clint Frazier in the minor leagues, who you know has been one of your top prospects, who can just easily come up and fill in those shoes also. So I know we we just I just said that they have to make sure their injured play, their injured players come back and that they maintain this number one record, but they have the pieces where they don't have to rush anybody back, and they should still be able to maintain this level of play. And that's what separates good teams in baseball from bad teams. When people go down and get hurt. You assume the worst. When the Yankees lost Stanton and they lost Judge and Sanchez went down and Didi wasn't back, they were going to be a really struggling baseball club. But they haven't struggled one bit. Yes, they had a stretch where their pitching could not pitch at all against the Red Sox. And people got very nervous. But they figured it out. The pitching's been a lot better. Since Ross Child has taken the blame, which he should have taken all along, they've been a lot better. And they turn around, he said, players that are really stepped up. I just got to alert that Stanton's actually has finally started baseball activities. He threw and hit off a tee. So that's great. And Sebastian will, Sebastian will throw off a mound this weekend. So slowly and surely, these pieces are coming back. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it, I look forward to them all coming back. And, I mean, once they do, this is still a team, by the way, that uh, despite their record and dominance this season, has yet to play completely healthy. I mean, even opening day, they had the, the healthy lineup, but they still didn't have Severino or Batanzas in. So if they can go into the postseason when the rosters expand and now you can keep all these guys that have come up on that roster, you could add Batanzas to the bullpen. You add Severino probably as an opener role or 
you know, however they decide to use him. They're as dangerous as anybody in baseball. I don't care about the deadline dud that they had where they didn't acquire anybody. This is a team that can beat anybody. And I think that they match up well with Houston, especially if they have home field. And I think that we've seen what the Dodgers do in the World Series when it comes to battling these the American League superpowers. So I'm not worried. But, again, they need all these guys to come back, and they need to maintain that first place in the American League. So the Yankees, like I said earlier, go for the sweep tonight, 7.05 Eastern, the game starts. Paxton versus rookie means. Um, let's go to the Mets now, and for all you Mets fans out there that stuck with them this whole year, I applaud you because it was not an easy thing to do. At the All-Star break, the Mets were 11 games under 500. Most teams, maybe every team except the Mets, would find a way to come out of that and make a push for the playoffs. They're three games over right now, and they are one game back of a wild card spot. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, me and you talked about this a week ago, two weeks ago, and we said that they were out. You know, we basically ruled them out. And granted, despite everything that they've done, they're still a game back, and now they go on this six-game stretch against the Nationals and Braves, which they have to go at least four and two again if they want to have a chance of making the playoffs. So it's not – they have to maintain their hot streak. But just the fact that they made the deadline move that they did to get Stroman – they didn't trade Syndergaard. They didn't trade Wheeler. Now their rotation is throwing up gem after gem. Their bullpen, all of a sudden, everybody besides Familia at least, looks like a completely different pitcher. Uh, you got Jeff McNeil, who's the fastest Mets at 200 hits that he only took 599 at-bats to get to. Um, Pete Alonzo continues to rake. You know, he threw out all those home run derbies, going to mess up my swing uh, critics out there. And uh, it's it's crazy how – their season has just completely turned around. And one game back of a wild card spot, no one, no one, even Mets fans didn't think that this was going to be a reality at this point in the season. Yeah, I, I mean, this is great for baseball. And maybe they're the story in New Yorker now. It's not the Yankees' hot start. It's not Le'Veon Bell making his Jets debut in a couple of weeks. It's, it's, it's Mets baseball and what they've been able to do. And you have to give credit. You have to give credit to Van Wagenen and Callaway. They, they stood by their team. They've been saying all along that they just got to figure some stuff out, get the bullpen right. And now these players are p- playing with confidence. Um, one bad thing that happened this weekend is they lose Robinson Cano. And first half of the season, you lose Robinson Cano. You're more pissed as Met fans about the money you've wasted on this guy. Not necessarily you don't want him to come back because he was playing awful. But now you got to worry because he tore his hamstring rounding first in the fourth inning of Sunday's win. And with his age, with the years left on his contract, it's not good. But also, when a team is as hot as they are, it doesn't matter how he's playing. What matters is that they're winning with him in the lineup. You don't want to take away a piece, even if it's a small piece. You don't want to take a piece of a puzzle out when you're that hot. For all you know, the Mets now could struggle without Cano. And then the fans would be like, oh, if Cano was here, I wish Cano would be back. Because you know how baseball fans and sports fans in general turn on players that don't play well. But the point is that we talked about this earlier is, great, McNeil could just slide into second base, all is good in the world. But the problem with the Mets for most of the season is their outfielders and their outfielding depth. So, yes, you could put Juan Lagares in center field. Well, he can't hit. He can't hit at all. He's not a good hitter. He plays good defensively, but you need someone that could hit. 
and they just don't have enough players to put in the outfield, and that means you got to put guy like J.D. Davis in the outfield. You're going to have to put guys in the outfield, because remember, um, his name is still hurt. Um, still hurt. So, you have in the outfield. so, what do you do now? You have a hole, and you have to fill it. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, you look at their their outfield depth, it's obviously thin, but uh, I mean, they, they're leaving Adani Echeverria, who Yankee fans remember him coming in last year, and he filled out nicely. But uh, he's going to play second base. They're going to leave McNeil because obviously that's their best option right now to play the outfield. And uh, I mean, right now it's worked, so we can't question it. But obviously you can't stay this hot forever. I mean, every team is going to cool off. I mean, 12 out of 13, 13 out of 14, whatever it is right now, uh, you don't just maintain that pace. If teams maintain that pace, we see a lot of different records in the league. But you hope that they don't fall back to what they used to and that they can – even fall off that pace, but they're still winning, you know, four out of seven and that type of thing. But you look at the four game set, they just had it against the Marlins. They gave up eight runs in four games. And uh, I mean, two runs a game is basically what they gave up against a bad Miami team, but the pitching staff did what they had to do. And their team ERA in the second half is 2.80. I mean, it's absurd how good their pitching has been. And uh, we talked about how their rotation is, on paper, one of the best in the league, and it's been that way for the last three or four years, and finally their starting rotation is pitching at the same time as their bullpen is pitching. And I think that the bullpen, which was their Achilles heel at the beginning of the season and for pretty much the last two years, is now jumped from 29th in the league to 14th in the league, and their ERA is now just a 4-4-1. So, uh, I mean, that jump from their bullpen has catapulted the Mets back into the playoff picture. So they win today, seven to two. Matt's pitch, he gets the win, and all the Mets can do right now, they just have to keep winning. They can't worry about who's in front of them, how many games back they are. All they, the only way they get is to keep winning. They can go if we win two games here, you know, if it's okay, if we win a few here, and there, you know, we might be a game. Like they, all they could do right now is play good baseball. Everyone gives it their all. Everyone comes out of the dugout ready to play each and every night. And Cowboys got to ride the hot hand. Whoever's playing well is going to play. And if they do that, they they'll send themselves into a playoff spot, and that'll be amazing to see. Um, and they control other, their own destiny at yeah. this point. Yeah. With other news is a bunch of players made their first appearances and first starts with the new teams following the deadline. And probably the biggest story of everyone that was acquired is Aaron Sanchez, who was acquired uh, to the Astros from the um, Toronto Blue Jays contributed to throwing a combined no-hitter on August 3rd in his first start. He went seven, uh, six innings, two walks, six Ks. Will Harris, Joe Beggini, Chris Davinsky all pitched an inning. Yeah, and that's great to see because Aaron Sanchez has struggled, and he found a way there to get it done, and the Astros get a combined no-hitter. So he was definitely the best yeah. out of all the ones that made their first appearance and first start. Oh, 100%. And, I mean, you look at the Astros, and they love their spin rate. And you look at Verlander and his curveball, Garrett Cole and his slider, even Lance McCullers and his curveball. And so Aaron Sanchez threw a lot more curveballs and four-seamers than he did with Toronto, and it paid off at least in his first start. And you got the two Blue Jays pitchers that they acquired right away, and Sanchez and Biangini both contributing, and they throw a combined no-hitter. The one thing I'll say is that combined no-hitter compared to a – 
you know, one pitcher, no hitter, I think is a much less significant accomplishment, even though it's still an accomplishment for Houston. But the fact that he shook off whatever jitters he would have playing for a new team, especially one that you're now in the middle of a pennant race and you're in the middle of the battling for the best record in baseball, and he just went out there and cruised through six innings. So, you know, credit to Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, definitely. It was great pitching. And um, nothing I want to talk to you about, Brendan. I don't know if you, you've seen this. I mean, most people have seen this around the league. Is players, when they get to first base, they put on this sliding glove. I saw Trout through the other day, and it really got me thinking is, I get it. You don't want to j- players to jam their hands sliding into second base or any base in general. Makes sense. I understand that. But these mittens, whatever you want to call them that they're wearing, they should be illegal. Or or they got to make them smaller because I saw Mike Trout, he had a nice swim move, slide into second base. But the problem is he was safe. He got that extra one or two inches that that glove gives him. And that's the difference between being safer out and whoever's wearing it. It could be the difference in a ball game too, getting someone in a scoring position or sliding into home plate. Brent, how do you feel about these gloves? And do you think that you know really need if that? I mean, I don't think that there's a reason they can't make them more compact, uh, at least to fit more around the hand so that you don't get those extra inches or two. Uh, but I think that the MLB, it's so new. And they'd rather have a player like Mike Trout stay healthy than they would him sliding without that up and mid on and breaking his you know thumb or part of his hand. So I don't think they're going to ban it just because, again, if that one to two inches is what's making them safe, then they might as well be safe. You know, the, the pitcher, catcher, they got to be better at getting them out more efficiently. So I don't think you're going to see it go anywhere. Um, it's also like it's one of those things that, Baseball is going in the direction between home runs and the shifts and all that, that stolen bases are being eliminated for the most part. You definitely don't see them as much as you used to. So it becomes less of a factor in that sense. So I think that the MLB is really, they have a lot more issues when it comes to people complaining about juice baseballs, the home run rate, strikeout rates than they do before uh, worrying about the sliding gloves. All right. So I also heard something that, Tanaka complained about, and maybe the baseballs aren't juice, maybe they are, who knows. But apparently, according to Tanaka, the seams on the baseball, they changed. They have changed them, and he thinks that's the reason for why he can't find his slider with the grip he's using. That's very interesting stuff because, I mean, there's no reason that I could think of why they would just change that out of the blue. The seams aren't as sharp, or the seams are a lot softer than they usually are. You're going to grip it a little harder, and that definitely will throw off the movement on your splitter or any other pitch for that matter. Yeah. I mean, it always depends on the baseball. Cause I remember and when I played high school, you had the baseballs had a very high seam and then you would go play summer ball and the baseballs could have a smaller seam. So it all depends on the type of baseball they're using. Um, if they switched, I don't know, maybe rolling changed the way they make it. But uh, I mean, you're an MLB pitcher. Uh, I think that instead of blaming, you know, the half centimeter difference in seams, why don't you just grip the ball a little bit harder and, spin it a little more because there's no reason you should be getting bodied by the Orioles when you were an all-star this year. So he should worry a little less about the seams and a little more about working on where he's locating these pitches because a slider that's going to spin up there, it's just going to spin no matter what. If you yank it, at least that way it's not getting hit. So I think and I see what you and did Larry there. Rothschilds have a, a, you know, a little bit of a uh, coaching session in the bullpen. 
Also, with the way that Austin Romine's been playing recently, too, we'll just go back to that for a second. He's a free agent after this year. You have Agashioka. You have Sanchez. Personally, for me, he's I not going to be a Yankee. Be, which really sucks because for me, he's the definition of a backup catcher and what they should be, but he could be starting on teams. He's a great defensive catcher. He's shown what he could do with the bat. You know, he's around like 260, between 260 and 270 batting average, but. I don't know. I feel like a guy that doesn't start, who sits on the bench, works his butt off, gets the playing time, makes the most of it. I, again, it'll be up to Austin Romine, too, with his agent to decide if they want to come back. But I think they should. I don't know what they're going to do because with Sanchez being hurt all the time, it depends if you want to give, is it time for Gashioka to get the ball? Or do you think that if they could bring Romine back for another year? I don't think they'll bring him back long term if they do just with, again, with Higashioka and the people that they have in the minors. But I love Austin Roman. I think he he's earned himself a chance to be part of this team next year. Yeah, I think everyone loves Roman. But, I mean, when you look at, like you said, Higashioka is waiting in the wings. You have Sanchez still. And then you look at their last two years' draft picks. I mean, they've drafted catchers. So they're restocking the farm system with catchers. And I think that at this point, Romine is going to search. Uh, he deserves to get paid. I mean, we've seen all the work he puts in. Whenever a catcher gets hurt, he's there. He doesn't miss games. So he deserves to get paid. And I, I think the Yankees are going to let him walk and get more money and rely on Higashioka, who, when he's played, he looks very good as well. He looks very comfortable in the box. He looks comfortable on the plate. So, uh, I mean, Romine seems to be invaluable, but it also appears that Higashioka will be a very serviceable replacement for him in that backup role. And that's obviously a problem for after the season. So we're going to open the phone lines now. Remember, you call in at 760-283-0846. We'll be taking phone calls from 530 till the end of the show at 6 o'clock. Another big news around the league is about the Philly Fanatic. And, Brendan, this stuff is weird. But on August 2nd, the Phillies filed a lawsuit. Um, a group is saying that they created the Philly Fanatic you know, the beloved mascot of the Phillies for 41 years. And they're demanding millions of dollars from their club. And they're being threatened that if they don't pay, the Fanatic will be declared a free agent, entering a free agent pool where other teams could take them away from the Phillies. Yeah, it seems like a load of crap to me. I don't think that a group could just come up. They have the paperwork probably from 41 years ago that says who exactly made the Fanatic costume. And he's not a free agent. That, he represents the Phillies. When you see the Philly Fanatic, he's a Philly. He's not, what do you think, the Yankees don't have a, um, they're not going to have a mascot. They're going to be, oh, let's go get the Philly Fanatic. No team's no. going to pick up this guy. It's an empty threat unless, if they find a way to prove in court that they did create it. And, but see, after 41 years, though, why do they want the money now? I mean, like, I want why, the money. Screw that, right? <laughs> yeah, but I would want the I money every year that he's. Money. Yeah, so I think what happened was these guys sold the Philly Fanatic to the Phillies 41 years ago, and now with how much money Fanatic has helped make the Phillies, you know that that franchise that has the Philly Fanatic and what he's done with the fans and everything, T-shirts, you know, logos everywhere. Now they go, oh, we really shouldn't have sold them. Now he's making all this money. Yeah. We want some too, but I, I don't. I don't think that they even have I a mean, case. Philly, Philly loves their mascots, man. I mean, between I was just the gonna fanatic say, and gritty, 
like they live and breathe mascots. But I don't, I look at it completely different because I'm a I'm a Yankees fan, no mascot. I'm a Rangers fan, no mascot. I'm a Knicks fan, no mascot. And the only team that I root for that has a mascot is the Dallas Cowboys, and their mascot's just a blown up inflatable cowboy, pretty much. So it, like nobody cares about it. And I, I think that fans are really going to see the product on the field. So, sure, if you go to the ballpark every you know day for 41 years and you see the Fanatic, initially it's going to be weird. But, I mean, for the Phillies, instead of losing all this money, just ditch the Fanatic. It, it's a mascot. It win a World Series. Nobody's going to care about the, the Philly Fanatic being there. Well, that's the problem. They haven't won a World Series since, since what, 08? Did they win in 08? The year before they played the Yankees. Away, one of those two years, yeah. Yeah, and so, those, you know. Ryan Howard, Utley, Cliff Lee, Halliday. Oh, those teams were so good, man. Who was their closer? I'm trying <laughs> to remember. Pavelbon. Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And the Yankees haven't won either oh, since yeah. then. But that was actually, yeah, that oh. was that was a great series. Um, With the people that, you know, we're on the East Coast here. It's hard to watch teams that are in the Central, even out West, but the Milwaukee Brewers, Yelich, and the Dodgers, Bellinger, have been going back and forth at one another this whole entire year. And um, let me just read you the stats right now for these two players. Both lefties. Yelich is batting 336 with 39 homers and 84 RBIs. And Bellinger's batting 322 with 37 homers and 88 RBIs. And both their teams are playing particularly well. The Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball. Milwaukee's a playoff team, or they're, they're close to a playoff spot. But I don't think we've ever seen anything like that, where every night, if one hits a home run, 20 minutes, you're backing up. I think it's great for baseball to assist, but you know, that would be network. And they, um, Pedro, Pedro Martinez said, these balls are definitely juiced. We are shooting people that don't hit home runs, crushing balls. And we, we talk about this all the time, about balls being juiced. So do you think these stats that we're seeing, you know, the average is one thing because, you know, a base hit to base hit, but 39 homers and 37 home runs, is it is it cool to, to see that right now? Or do you think that it just builds more of a case to how the balls are being juiced? Well, of course it builds more of a case for the balls being juiced, but I mean, it's also cool to see. I mean, Yelich is putting together back-to-back seasons that have not been done in a while. Uh, I mean, on paper, he's the MVP two straight years. And I don't think he's going to win it this year because the Dodgers are running away with the National League and Bellinger's numbers are still, you know, very comparable to him. But, I mean, Yelich is looking for a triple crown. Uh, he He's very much in the running for that. He has to be a top of the league. I don't have these numbers in front of me, but I'm assuming that Yelich is leading the National League in average. I mean, he's got 39 home runs. I think he's ahead of Trout, so he leads the baseball in home runs. And he's four RBIs behind, you know, Bellinger. I think Josh Bell's up there, too. So he's got a couple of people to battle with in that stat. But these back-to-back years are, you know, almost unprecedented. And he played – again, you look at Yelich, right? And you have to think back to Miami. And you think that he, he was in the outfield with Ozuna and Stanton. And that team couldn't win. Yeah, like, like those teams were so good, uh, roster-wise, lineup-wise, at least. Obviously, their pitching wasn't there, but I mean, D. Gordon was on those teams. J.T. Real Muto. Those are five legitimate hitters in your lineup. Yeah. Um. Give me one second, man. We have our first caller on the windup, and hold on one sec. 
Welcome. You are on the wind-up. Hey, guys. Uh, what's up? Uh, I was just wondering, can you see a team like the Cincinnati Reds make a late push for the playoffs the same way the Mets are doing? <clears throat> the same way the Mets are doing, especially with, like, their new rotation with Bauer and Wood coming back? Uh, with Cast- You know, it's a filthy rotation between Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, and Alex Wood. Or can you see any other kind of team sneak into the playoffs? Well, definitely. I mean, are you a Mets fan or a Yankee fan? I'm a Mets fan. All right, so obviously we can see the Mets, they're a game out. They could sneak in. With Cincinnati, it's going to be a lot harder because they're four and a half games back. They have, they are seven and three in their last ten. But, Brendan, I mean, you could take over and finish answering the question. Do I think they could sneak in? I think anybody could sneak in. There's a lot of time left. I'm not going to say that I think the Reds could do it just because they're not – I mean, yes, they're seven and three in their last ten, but I don't think they're as consistent. And the pitching staff's really going to have to carry that team. Yeah, I think that becomes the problem is the pitching staff has all the pressure there. And, I mean, they also have, I think it's five teams and then the two wildcard teams that they have to jump. That's a lot of teams this late in the year, especially when obviously the Mets are playing good baseball. Um, the, the Phillies, they're still the Phillies, the Nationals, still the Nationals. I mean, all the teams in front of them have really started to stumble. Uh, but if the Giants can pick up what they were doing, if, you know, Milwaukee, I, I think it's too early to count them out yet, especially we just talked about Yelich. So uh, th- there's a lot of teams in front of them that have more talent on their roster. Uh, I think that if those teams start to play even mediocre baseball, they're going to be able to stay in front of Cincinnati. So that was our first caller. That, that's a good question, though, to have because, you know, Mets fans are seeing what the Mets have done. But that's also scary the Mets put themselves in a great spot just because, you know, 7-3 and three in your last 10 is great, but the Mets are 9-1 and one in their last 10. And they have a great schedule where they're playing very, very bad teams. We have our next caller on the wind-up. Hello, welcome to the wind-up. Hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, I saw you, I discovered you guys on Twitter. Big fan of what you guys are doing. My question is... Um, Knowing that both of you guys are big Yankee fans, um, disregarding the rest of the roster, whose starting rotation do you trust to take that team uh, farther into the playoffs? The Mets rotation or the Yankees rotation? Wow. That's a great I'll question. I'll take the Mets. For, I was, I was going to say the Mets, too. I'm taking the Mets rotation now. But the problem is that they haven't been – they've been good as of late, but they haven't been consistent. I mean, same with the Yankees. They haven't been consistent at all. But the Mets rotation right now is, is excellent. That's the reason they're 9-1 and in their last 10 games. So I would, I would definitely take the Mets. I think you're looking at a rotation that has DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, who the Yankees wanted to get. Steven Matz is there. Wheeler's there. Uh, their, their starting five is superior to the Yankees' starting five. But the one thing I will say is that when it comes to the postseason, Tanaka has been very good. Um, you still have the veterans and Happ and Sabathia, and then you've got the dominant bullpen. So it, we've seen, I mean, the last couple of years at least, the bullpens have played a huge factor. And, I mean, starters, the games become tighter no matter what in the playoffs. So starters, all they have to do is give up 2-3 for the Yankees as opposed to the Mets where they have to be a little more perfect. Oh, yeah. If the question was, am I taking, which bullpen am I taking? Clearly it's the Yankees. Even though the Mets bullpen, again, would I take the Mets bullpen right now? 
I might. They're putting up a case, but in the grand scheme of things, I'll I'll take the Mets starting rotation. I'll take the Yankees bullpen, and Definitely. I'll take the Yankees lineup. Yeah, I think that the Mets rotation is superior to the Yankees, and they're superior to most teams in baseball. Well, the thing is, they've been building this rotation up for a couple of years now, and they never had the hitting or the bullpen to go with it. This year, they had the hitting, not the bullpen. I mean, you put the Yan- you put the Mets rotation. Where the, and then you give them the Yankees bullpen with the Yankees lineup. Oh, this team's a powerhouse. This team. The problem is though, you don't need like you said for the Mets. Their starting pitchers have to go six, seven, or they're in jeopardy of losing every single game. With the Yankees, completely opposite. All the Yankee fans and the Yankees coaching are begging. Is I don't care who you are. If you're Tanaka, Paxson, I don't care if you think you could go seven, six, seven innings. Give me four innings of no runs allowed, five innings at most, and then get them at – there's zero, zero reason for Tanaka to be going into the sixth and seventh inning. There's, there's really zero reason for anybody Yankees to do that. We saw what happened in the Baltimore Oro game um, the other day with Tanaka where one bad inning late pretty much made his quality start, which is going to be a great start, turn into a mess. And the same thing happened on Sunday's game that I was at where Jay Happ pitched – and he pitched four great innings of baseball. And the gave up, I gave up four or five runs. There's no, yeah, I, I don't mean, care if you have eight strikeouts in four innings. I don't care. You have a bullpen that's dominant. Use them. Yeah, I mean, we look at the the Yankees, and they're 11 and 0 when they use an opener. And I really think that they're going to wind up using an opener in the playoffs. And I think they might wind up using two. You might have Chad Green open one game, and you might have Severino and Sebastio split uh, the next game. Um, it, it, it just keeps looking more and more like that because their starters have not been consistent. Now, granted, the last you know week to 10 days, they've been much better ever since that Red Sox series. And if they can keep this level up, sure, they'll probably use a couple of starters. But uh, last year in, in the uh, ALDS, Chad Green had a two four five ERA, and if he can pitch that same way, you know why wouldn't they use him as an opener? And actually, in the ALCS in three games, he had a zero ERA. The last year's postseason, uh, two years ago in 2017, the ALCS against Houston, he had a zero ERA. So, I mean, if his numbers can stay like that, I'd use him as an opener rather than send out a half who can get you know gives up a home run at least once or twice every start. And, Sabathia, who struggled, and Paxton, who's really struggled. So I think that that's the, the route the Yankees are going to wind up taking. And if the Mets do sneak in, nobody's going to want to play them with that rotation. I can tell you that. Yeah, and with the Mets, it just comes down to do you stretch a guy that's going six innings already into a seventh, or do you rely on the bullpen? Because if something goes wrong, whatever you decide to do, whoever's uh, pulling the guy holding the strings is going to blamed. But for the Yankees, I think they should do an opener. Why not? It's worked this year, but it's the Yankees. And are they going to do something creative in the playoffs? Or are they going to stay to their, you know, professionalism? Are they play baseball? Not that. To make them look bad. And them look well, ego in to win games. And I think, I think Chad Green definitely has to be an option. And I don't even know. Why not have him start a game, game two or game three? Like, there's no reason not to unless your ego is going to take over your actions. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, I mean, it keeps looking more and more like that. We've gone over Tanaka's postseason numbers in the past. He's always been solid. So I, I feel like he's going to be your game one starter. 
Um, Paxton has to have a great stretch run right now to be your game two starter because, uh, I mean, it just he has to go at least one game where he doesn't give up a run in the first inning. If he does that and gets that confidence back, I don't think it's it's going to happen. I mean, tonight he pitches, and if he gives up a first uh, inning run against Baltimore, there's a problem there. Yeah, uh, I just don't understand. It'd be interesting to look back at his stats last year and his years with Seattle because off the top of my head, I don't know how he did in the first inning. I didn't think a pitcher could be this bad. And, I mean, yeah, if he gives up a run to the Orioles tonight in the first inning – you know he's not gonna. Ever, it's never gonna end, and the, it's become a laughing stock. Where I'm watching a game, one out, two out. You already know that with two outs. It's like when you put Edwin Diaz into a game. You know he's giving up a run. Doesn't matter what the score is. You know he's giving up a run, and it, it's sad to see. But in the playoffs, you, you just can't go down early. And that's something the Yankees have done a lot this year, with their pitchers not coming up clutch early in games and getting that big out. And it's usually been a home run. It's not like they get bases are loaded now and he's in, he's struggling. It's the fact that he um, just can't throw the right pitch at the right time, and it gets absolutely torched. So tonight will be to be a great test. We didn't talk about with the Mets pitching staff is the fact that pretty sure all their pitchers, besides we don't know what Stroman could do, they could all hit. And in the AL, that's not something you think about at all. But the NL, having the bases loaded with two outs and your pitcher is up only rotation you'd rather have would would be the Mets. Those are the only ones that could actually pitcher from top of the rotation to the bottom and absolutely rake. So that does that 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 becomes very valuable. And if a guy if a team's wanted to add Wheeler or teams want to add Syndergaard, especially in the NL, you might have thought that that might be a factor because I've never really thought about that until right now that they can hit, and in big situations, your pitcher comes up, it's usually an out. But with the Mets, something might happen that pushes them over the top, and this could be in a wild, this, this could be in a wild card game. Sitter guard, whoever pitches DeGrom, base hit. That's huge. And no one really thinks Yeah, that is big for them. I mean, the, the next thing we could talk about, you know, we've talked about the Mets and Yankees in the postseason a lot. Uh, this coming weekend is players' weekend. I absolutely cannot stand this. I think it is one of the worst ideas the MLB has ever had. Uh, these nicknames are brutal. Nobody calls these guys these nicknames. All right. Um, oh, you're you're in the locker room. The only Brendan? one. You don't uh, think no, you don't the think locker, they call you don't you don't think. No, no. You can <laughs> give me any nickname. No one's calling Joey Votto's nickname is who because he based it on the Abbott and the whatever that Castella, who's, who's on, on first. first. Yeah. Yeah. Who's no one's calling Joey Votto who. All right, so let's skip that. I right, mean, wait, so the only one that's funny is, is Shane Bieber because he did not Justin. Like, that, that's mm-hmm. pretty funny because of the top error. But come on, DJ LeMayu is not even a, like a machine. Get, get out of here. They, they got to stop this. this All right, let me, test you. let me test you real quick. See how much you know the Yankees and their nicknames. Ready? <clears throat> I'll start you off easy and get harder. Who do you think Gardner is? I think last year he went with just Gardner, so I'm going to say It's Gardner. just Gardner. That makes no sense. Good. Why is because it not Gardner? He doesn't Gardner? want to do it. <laughs> yeah, but. I, I think that that's Gardner not wanting to do it. I, he believes it's stupid. And I mean, you look at the Yankees, right? They have no facial hair. They got to be clean cut. They're pinstripes, no name on the back. 
The MLB comes running in and says, no, no, you can't do that for this weekend. you got to put these dumb nicknames on the back of your jersey. And then on top of that, you got to wear a BP jersey also. I think it is the dumbest thing that they have ever done. These jerseys are not even nice looking. They're batting practice right, jerseys. For Stanton, who's not going to wear the jersey because he's not in the dugout, do you know what his name is? Parmer John Carlo. No, it's Parmer John Carlo. Yeah, no, I'm sure everyone calls him that. <laughs> J.A. Haps is hey. spelled out J dot A dot. Yeah, because, I mean, that's for the people that don't understand how to spell initials. That that makes sense. Um, Mike Ford is <laughs> wait, another wait, wait. great one. Yeah, Mike Ford. Ford. Um, I, I don't get Aaron Judges, and please, if you're listening right now and you want to call in and tell me how I'm an idiot, the letters B-A-J. Baj, right, do you want to hear my guess it, for that? What is it? I, I think it's Big Aaron Judge. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else it would be. I, I, that's the only um, thing that makes sense to me. Big Maple, I like it. Big Maple makes sense because people call him that. Um, who uh, else? They, oh, they released home. Jacoby Ellsbury's nickname, which blows my mind. The fact that it's not Cast or something like IL or Hospital. Is it Barry? It's Chief. Oh, because he's a Native American. I don't know. That's probably what. No, Brian no, Cass that no, that he actually is. when he's telling a report to another uh, rehab stint. No, he actually is part Native American. Is he? Yeah, he actually is from a tribe, no joke. Um, well, I didn't know that. Your boy Adam Adovino is from Bro- – his nickname is Brooklyn. Adam and can boy, you explain – can you explain DDs to me? It's Sir MJG. Maybe that means DD in uh, – wherever he's from, the Netherlands in Dutch? Sure, he's from Curacao. I, he, so isn't he like knighted in the Netherlands? I, I, that yeah, guy's background sir, is way beyond me. He's sir, yeah, he's sir, um, sir Didi. Let's see if we can get some Met ones up here right now. Cause it just doesn't make any sense, especially for the Yankees, like we talked about. Like their whole thing is that they don't have names on the back, and they've never had names on the back. So this one weekend, they're gonna. Like, come on. That's it's just not smart. It's not smart. You know what Peter Alonzo's is? Makes sense. It's the polar bear, it has to be, right? Yeah, okay, that those okay, these make sense. Uh we have a caller, so let's stop with these dumb nicknames and get to him. Welcome, you are on the wind up. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Uh I have a question. So if the Mets offense stays consistent, like their lineup is remains consistent of what they are now, and Diaz returns to his old form, are the Mets World Series contenders? Yes, but I'm telling you right now, Diaz is a lost cause, and I don't think he's returning to his form. But with the way their pitching is pitching and the way their offense is hitting, if Diaz comes back to his form that we started last year, they are 100% World Series contenders. But if your question becomes... Can the bullpen hold this off? Because yeah, Diaz is one guy, and you don't know. Did Diaz does Diaz has enough? Does Diaz have enough time to figure it out? Because I've heard that Seth Lugo is going to be brought in, and he's going to be the closer because these games have to be won. Do you think that Diaz going into the setup guy role or the seventh, eighth inning guy 
on a lesser role, do you think he has enough time to prove his value? That might hurt his chances of getting back into his form. I think the Mets have to secure a playoff spot and hold on to that playoff spot before we can call them World Series contenders. And granted, I'm excited for them. I think that this stretch has been great. But you can't just have, you know, a good 15 to 20 days and be considered a contender. I mean, you look at the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, even the Braves. They've been good from day one. And those teams are contenders. For the Mets, right now, they've, everybody's been performing well and everything has clicked perfectly for them to go on this stretch that they're on right now. But is that sustainable? We don't know. Is their bullpen going to keep this up? Odds are probably not because, I mean, we, we saw what happened the first half. And, I mean, sure, they probably got a huge lift at the deadline when instead of selling, they became buyers. And I'm sure that that is contributing into this right now. And I saw that Jeff McNeil bought a puppy, so maybe, you know, they have a good luck dog. But as far as contenders being concerned, I, I, I don't think they're contenders as of now. If they get into the postseason and, you know, they're still rolling this way, then we can revisit this and they will probably be contenders then. But as of right now, in the beginning of August, I do not think they are. I mean, they're on a great stretch before we let you go. They're on a great stretch. But if you remember in the beginning of the year, the Seattle Mariners, which we didn't talk about yet with Tim Beckham. Shame on you, Tim Beckham, steroid user. You suck. Um, Seattle started off amazing. Top of the division. I think like the first 20 games, they were, they were red hot. Well, after that stretch of games, they're now 47 and 68, and they're 28 games back. 28 games back of the division. The wild card, let me even look. The wild card, they're 18 and a half games back. Their season's done. And yes, hoping that we're just to show how such a game that you win doesn't mean that you can hold that on for the remainder of the season. And if the Mets can do that, and they get in, like Brennan said, once they're in and they have a secured spot and they keep building now on games that they have a wild card lead in, then yes, you got to put them in the conversation of a World Series contender. But with still time left to fall out and fall in, you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, that Tim Beckham. He started off hot, and in the back of my head, I really thought that he used steroids, and I completely forgot about their team because their team's been irrelevant for the longest time. But, I mean, you had to know you were going to get tested. He was way too hot, and the league got him. What is that, back-to-back years now? The Seattle Mariners have lost somebody to steroids use? Yep, and listen, I, this might just be my head because I, I think twisted things like this, but do you think that this would help Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get into the Hall of Fame? Because, you know, this guy's been taking roids, and they still got no hit, and they almost got no hit twice this week. So, obviously, it's not about the roids. It's about being able to make contact. And I've said this for a long time that, granted, you know, their their legacy is already tainted, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. But, I mean, they still – you're still allowing them to hold all these records, and they still had to go out there and hit the ball and, and make contact with it and play the field and – throw strikes, throw the right location, you know, I think they should be in the Hall of Fame. And you see instances like this where guys are getting hot and then get tested and their teams are getting no hit. And obviously, you know, roids don't make up the full baseball player. So I think it helps their case out a little bit. Well, the other thing the counter-argument is the fact that Tim Beckham is nowhere near the player that Barry Bonds was or A-Rod was. He's a solid player. He's not a superstar. And um, that's one thing I could say about that. But all right, the Mariners this year, going back to that, they started the season off 13-2. and two. 
13 and 2 and they just fell right off a cliff. I that's a collapse that you don't ever want to see, especially for a Seattle team that hasn't won much and they had a group to do it with when they had Cano and Nelson Cruz. They had Paxton, they had a good bullpen, they had Diaz. And they they couldn't get it done and you've been seeing what Nelson Cruz has been doing. Unreal. He's just he's just breaking baseball and it's great to see older guys, you know. Once you have that swing. Well, I mean, there's, there's there's two teams like that, though. You got the Mariners, who had Paxton. They had Cruz. They had Cano. The, all these guys got let go. And then you have the Rockies, who had Adivino, LeMayhu. <laughs> I mean, they let all these guys go. They had Talkman, too. And now you're watching their performances this year. So, I mean, the, these two teams got to be, like, scratching their heads and trying to figure out something. Well, because the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in forever. The Rockies haven't made the – haven't won the NL West in a while. They haven't been far in the playoffs in a long time. So, I mean, both these franchises have got to figure something out. Well, I know that um, San Diego hasn't made the playoffs in a while, but I feel like they're also on that level where they should they should be in the playoffs. San Diego has the way he hits the ball. They have him, Machado, Hosmer. It's a great start to a team. I mean, the only problem is that their pitching is very – is very shaky and young, but I, I mean, I think San Diego's gonna make the playoffs before the Mariners do. And, um, it'll be I, I would agree. I want to see Vegas just because I want to see Fernando Tatis on national television. I want to see Manny Machado. I know Hosmer's got more in the tank. Will Myers. I mean, they have guys that you you want to see in big moments. If I mean, hopefully Fernando Tatis's career does not go the same way Mike Trout's has gone. And no offense to Mike Trout, your career has been your god. You've been brought down in the South to play baseball and nothing else. But you're not making it anywhere. And to make your legacy, you got to be on national television in big playoff games. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see about the teams that are going to come in now and try to make, you know, playoffs. Well, wild card team, I mean, like the Mets, if they come all the way back to play in a wild card spot and lose, that really sucks. But it also can't be taken that way because – where the Mets came from. Like you said, they were 11 games under 500 at the all-star break. And now they're, they're making it a season worthwhile for the fans. It, you know, doesn't happen often, but it's, I mean, for the Mets case, coming back and losing in a wild card game will be detrimental to the fan base and obviously to the players involved. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at a, a team like San Diego, right? They got a very good young core. And then they added Machado. You added Hosmer. So you got the veteran presence there too. I mean, they you made a very questionable trade. You do have Mejia, but they made that questionable trade trading away. Fran Mil Reyes, even though he was in the midst of a crazy power season, and they got back a double-A prospect that's been struggling this year. So well, we'll see where they go. But I think they do have that young core that if they build and add the right, you know, veteran pieces around them, they, they will definitely get to the playoffs and before Seattle 100%. But uh, when you – talk about the Mets coming all the way back just to lose. I mean, I'd be interested next week, you know, if you're a Mets fan, you call in and you tell us what you think about that. Would you be more happy if they missed the playoffs or made the playoffs just to lose after coming all the way back from that large deficit? But, uh, yeah, yeah, so thank you. You know, thank you to everyone that called in. Uh, We appreciate it. It's been fun. I know that next week I'm going to be on vacation, so Stefan's going to be riding solo we might have a special guest coming in we will see about that but you know please continue to call in it makes our jobs a lot more fun and 
uh, we look forward to speaking with all you fans again next week.